Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling Days and welcome to this WWE Crown Jewel 2022 review. We've got quite a lot to go through, quite a lot to talk about. Uh, this was a really fun show and uh, we do have to credit the crowd. I thought the crowd were absolutely fantastic tonight. So much energy, so many chants. They were really getting involved. They had a great time uh, and they really added to the show. Uh, before we actually get into the actual show, we need to talk about the signature, the WWE signature, then, now, forever, together. Uh, well, we seem to be back together with Naomi and Sasha because they were spotted during the signature. They haven't been in the signature and now they've been re-added. Uh, and so this was a big talking point doing the rounds on social media. Um, and apparently, according to Fightful, uh, they think a mistake was made. Uh, a source has spoken to Fightful and said they used the wrong signature. They might have used an old signature. And that's why Sasha and Naomi featured. Don't know if that's true. They might be just trying to cover their tracks. They might have made a mistake. Sasha and Naomi might be on the way back and someone's panicked and gone, just tell them it's an old one or something like this. So I genuinely don't know if that is true or not. Obviously, we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I think Raw and SmackDown this week could be kind of interesting. But um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that. So lots of talk around this at the moment. I'm leaning towards it being a mistake because that's what Fightful have been told. But as we said, that could be someone covering their tracks this is the crowd they were brilliant i wanted to include this picture because you can see the posters in the distance as well that's not something that we've had before this had a big production feel we had a big stage we had the canopy over the ring we had the posters in the background with all the superstar faces on and everything this just felt big and then of course the drones we're going to be talking about the drones Loads of fireworks, millions of dollars of fireworks and pyro and big, big show feel. And the crowd massively added to it. First match, uh, Brock against Bobby. This is the shortest match on the show. It went for six minutes. Uh, Braun against the Moscow in seven minutes something. A couple of matches went over 20 minutes, including Bianca, Bailey, and the main event. But this match right here was the shortest. Uh, Brock made his way down to the ring. Bobby was already in the ring. He attacked Brock, got the jump on him. This thing would go like back and forth. It would swing back and forth. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, and uh, we got to the point where Bobby applied the hurt lock. And I've got to tell you, it was so weird seeing Brock in a hold like this. We just don't see him in a hurt lock or in a submission hold for very long. So used to him being in a submission hold and then getting out of it, powering his way out of it. He was not getting out of this. He really, really struggled. Uh, and actually, he did manage to get the win. I must admit, though, the ending is a little flat for me. Um, but I can understand why they did it. So basically, he's in the hurt lock. He then goes to the corner. He jumps up, pushes off, lands on top of Bobby and gets the three counts. So Bobby still had the hurt lock applied, but his shoulders are down. 
and the referee counts, Brock wins. You know, Bobby is obviously very, very frustrated at this. Very frustrated. Um, you know, Brock has just snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Uh, and so he snaps. Bobby snaps and actually reapplies the hurt lock. And again, I mean, when do we see Brock like this? When do we see Brock like, you know, sweat pouring down his face, bright red, seemingly in like so much pain is passing out. This was really cool. This was cool. I'm not a fan of the finish of the match. Not a fan of Brock not being able to, or Bobby, sorry, not being able to get a shoulder up. Brock pushing off the corner, landing on top of Bobby, and Bobby not being able to, you know, get a shoulder up in that moment. I, I, I don't really get that. Um, so, yeah, not a big fan of the finish. I thought the match had a lovely pace to it, though. And I really like this, like, Bobby snapping moment after. So, feels like we are getting a heel, Bobby Lashley, now. And I'm definitely here for that. So, uh, we'll have to see where this uh, story goes. Because it doesn't feel like this is over right now. So, yeah, definitely, I think, we'll have split opinion. Uh, match was quite short. The finish was, as I said, a bit weird. Uh, but I think people would have liked what uh, Bobby did after. So, yeah, cool. Then we got uh, damage control in our second match. So this was EO and Dakota. I included what they were wearing because, of course, we were in Saudi Arabia and uh, they have to wear, like, they have to be covered, basically, the arms and their bodies and everything. So uh, obviously the women were spare wearing, like, very different ring gear. Thankfully, this time it wasn't just a T-shirt and like some tights or whatever. Then uh, like we were actually getting something that was a bit interesting. Um, so this was what Damage Control wore. And uh, they made their way down to the ring for the second match. Backstage, we got a quick interview with Asuka and Alexa just before they made their way out. Uh, you can see what they're wearing there. Again, like bodysuits, but theirs were like black. Um, Alexa had red and purple uh, on hers, which someone pointed out are the same colors we were seeing during White Rabbit. And then uh, Asuka, she had a bit more of a design to hers, a few more patterns in there, which is very Asuka. Uh, the big talking point here is Bray's logo interrupting. Not sure what that means. There's a few different theories doing the rounds. I saw Brady on Twitter saying he thinks that Alexa might be getting recruited by Bray. This might be a way of saying, I, I, I want you to join me again. We were we were so good together. That's an option. Uh, obviously, there's a few thoughts that Alexa could be a future victim of Bray. That's an option. Uh, there's also the option, though, that this was damage control, trying to get into Alexa's head before the match started. This was a title match. They had lost their titles just a few days before any psychological advantage they can get, uh, it would make sense. Don't know that they would do that. I mean, I'm probably personally leaning towards this being some sort of message from Bray. Uh, as we were watching live, I was saying, well, hang on, let's just see if this appears for anyone else. Because if this appears later on in the show, uh, as Logan is doing a promo, then obviously um, it means we don't need to read so much into this. But we didn't see this again for anyone else. And so I do think this is interesting. So, yes, definitely something worth uh, paying attention to. 
Uh, the match got underway. The lights even went out at one point during this match. And I have to say, I thought this was a very good match. I thought this match was better than the Bobby and Brock match. So uh, uh, once this finished, this was my favorite match of the night out of the two that we had had up to this point. But I thought they worked really well together. I thought Alexa looked really good, actually, in this match. Uh, Asuka was really over. Crowd were really into her. And uh, it was good. Very fast-paced. Lots of quick tags. A few, like, multi-person spots, which they're just a little bit set up for me. Um, but, you know, I understand that in these types of matches, you do those types of spots. So, uh, yeah, they were underway, battling away. Uh, and basically, Nikki Cross arrived uh, got involved, grabbed a hold of Alexa, planted her down, uh, and that resulted in brand new uh, tag team champs. Dakota Kai, EO Sky picking up the victory, winning back the titles they only lost on Monday. Um, they had changed the side plates. Don't even know why they bothered, to be honest. I think EO made the point that the side plates still said damage control. Uh, and so I think they did change those and fix that. But now they've won them back. So uh, they didn't even need to bother uh, changing the side plates. So obviously a lot of talking point is Nikki working with Bray. There was the logo. There was the lights going out. Then you got Nikki. I personally think, and I've seen quite a few people saying this now, that Nikki is probably working with damage control. Uh, we did see on Raw on Monday, Bailey talking to Nikki. So uh, there's every chance that they recruited her. And so I don't think she's working with Bray. I think she's working with damage control. But uh, that still doesn't explain the Bray logo and the lights going out. So, yeah, uh, obviously we need to wait and see on that. But at the moment, I am leaning towards that being a message of some description. Then we went to our next match. This was the cage match. And I'm just going to tell you now, this didn't quite live up to my expectation. I thought that this was still pretty strong, but I don't know. I think the women's tag match had been so good. This had a bit of a high bar to meet, and I don't think it quite met it. So uh, basically, Scarlett made her way down. Obviously, great entrance for Carrion. And uh, part of that entrance was an hourglass in the sky made up of all of those drones uh, programmed to form a certain shape. And uh, it was the hourglass and it looked awesome, looked really, really cool. Uh, when Drew would come down, he would get that as well, but obviously not the hourglass. He got a sword seemingly with flames coming off it. I mean, some of the designs were very impressive. Uh, and a flaming sword in the sky. Um, this is so cool. It, 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 does, it does look absolutely brilliant. So fair play, yeah. So that's what they did for Drew. Uh, underway with the match, um, we got uh, real back and forth. Lots of uh, exchange of holds. Both guys trying to get out the cage. Scarlet would be a menace on the outside. There was a brilliant moment where I think Drew came over to the door to get out. And she maced or pepper sprayed, uh, basically drew in the eyes. He then was like, you know, selling that. The poor referee that was holding the door, he hadn't done anything wrong. I don't think he had said anything. I don't think he'd done anything. She starts spraying Drew in the eyes. And then she turned around and for no reason started spraying the referee that was holding the door. I felt so sorry for him. 
dude did nothing. It's not like he had a... I don't even think he had a word. I don't even think he said anything to Scarlett. Like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. I don't think anything... I think the poor guy was standing holding the door. Next thing he knows, he's being maced. And he goes down and he's like, my eyes. Uh, so the poor... That was the last we saw of him. I hope as well. Uh, it was pointed out in the watch along that Drew recovered very quickly from uh, being maced in the face. Uh, he was, uh, by the time he won, seemingly fine. Uh, there was another moment just shortly after, and this is where Drew went back to the door to try and get out. This time, Scarlet had padlocked the door. So Drew decided, well, I'll just climb over then. She she didn't have, like, an answer for that, which was a bit strange. So, like, she outfoxed him by locking the door. I'm definitely down for that. Okay, yeah, clever. Mace, all right, clever. Um. But then he started climbing and she didn't have an answer for that. So he started climbing up. She then undid the door, tried obviously to encourage Carrion to get out. Then it just become a straight race. Then it was just literally who can get out of the cage first. And uh, it was Drew. Drew managed to climb up, get over the other side and get down before Scarlet could unlock the door and get uh, Carrion out. I think Michael Cole on commentary was like, did Scarlet make a mistake there? By locking the door, you know, it took her a bit longer to then unlock it and, you know, get Carrion out. Um, so, you know, that's it's kind of interesting. There's a bit of a story there. This was not a terrible match by any uh, stretch of the imagination. It's just, I think for me personally, it didn't quite live up to the tag match that we had before. Then, uh, for me, this was the best match. And actually, I didn't take enough pictures here. Um, I think I was probably just appalled that the OC did not fix their Rhea problem. Uh, Rhea Ripley's hair, which I don't know if I managed to capture, uh, she had styled it like Beth's recent hairstyle. And apparently she said to Michael Cole that she had uh, done it just like Beth's as a tribute uh, to Beth because, um, like, you know, she was obviously rubbing it in, basically. That, uh, you know, this was... Um, judgment Day against the OC, and the OC knew that Rhea was going to be on the outside. They knew that Rhea was going to get involved. They knew that they had a Rhea problem. We were all waiting to see how they had solved their Rhea problem, and we got our answer. They did nothing. Nothing. No one came down. So you can see Rhea getting involved here during the match. Uh, that resulted... In uh, Finn Balor getting the pin uh, on AJ Styles. And uh, as a result of that, it was a victory for the Judgment Day. The OC lose thanks to Rhea getting involved. I, I just, it was a fantastic match. I think it was the best match of the night so far. And I have no idea why they didn't sort that out. They'd spoke about it on Raw. I'm sure they will go and get someone now, but it's a little bit late considering Crown Jewel has now been and gone and you lost at the pay-per-view. So I don't know. I, I, for me, it just made the OC look a bit stupid. But um, I actually thought some of the action here was really good. Uh, some really good hot tags and yeah, it's a really good match. Really good. Uh, then we went to a next match. And to be honest, uh, part of me was actually really looking forward to this. I thought when Amos and Braun were face to face, I was really impressed with like how much taller Amos was 
over Braun. And then at the press conference, they really made a big deal of this match. They came down. I think it went too long. It was seven minutes. And to be honest, that was probably a minute or two too long. Um, they did a few. If that, I mean, I made the comment that Braun here, and this is going to sound stupid. He came across a bit like Hulk Hogan, right? The reason why I'm saying that is because when the match started, they were face to face. It was very Hogan Andre. And Braun was like looking at the crowd. He was trying to get them to like, you know, cheer for him. And he was, he was like, even at one point, I'm sure he did like, oh, come on, guys. I want to hear you kind of a thing. And it was just, it felt very like Hogan Andre. Obviously, a bargain basement version. But uh, it was, I don't know, there was just kind of getting that kind of vibe uh, where Braun was like trying to draw from the crowd. It was very old school, very old school. And um, basically here you can see Amos picking up Braun. He did this a couple of times. He did it with ease. I mean, Amos was like, you know, hitting Braun and Braun was going flying. Braun was bumping like a trooper. Uh, he was trying to do what he could to make Amos look really strong, really powerful. And as we said, you know, Braun getting picked up and slammed a couple of times. I mean, you might have never seen Braun. I've been fortunate enough to meet him. He is just an absolute mountain of a man. So seeing him getting picked up so easily here by Amos was very, very impressive. Um, and uh, basically the match ends with Braun picking a moss up. He tried for it a few times and he couldn't do it. Again, very Hogan Andre trying to pick him up. Couldn't do it. Eventually he does manage to get him up and plant him down. The impact of a moss being slammed down was enough to keep a moss down. And so Braun got the one, two, three, picked up the victory. And do you know what? After the match, people were like, that was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. So uh, certainly not a match of the night, but yeah, this thing could have really derailed the show and it didn't. It didn't. I actually thought there was some nice moments here. So fair play. Then we went to our next match. I think this might have been the match of the night up until this point. Really good. I mean, what you would expect from the Usos and the Brawling Brutes. Um, going into it, we were quite confident that the Usos were going to retain because the winners would face the New Day on Friday. Makes more sense to do Usos New Day than it does Brawling Brutes New Day. So felt pretty good about it. But man, there were some moments here where it really looked like the Usos were losing their belts. There was one moment in particular where I think Ridge had planted Jay in the middle of the ring. Big move. Like, really put him down. It didn't feel like Jay was going to kick out. It's one of those spots where you're like, okay, Jimmy's going to make the save. And all of a sudden, you see that Butcher's got a hold of Jimmy, and Jimmy cannot get into the ring. Jimmy is not making the save. And you go, whoa, what? And it's one, two, and shoulder just. I mean, we are talking millisecond. It's it's a great moment. And there was a few bits like that. And you're like, nah, crowd at times on their feet. I think there was a this is awesome chance. So good. So, so good. And as I said, look, Usos do win. But I they made this as good, as gripping, as compelling as I think they could have made this. And uh, as I said, for me, up until this point, this then became probably the best match of the night. I think this was a really good show. 
because for me, like it just kept kind of improving. Like I feel like already there's a few times where we said, and this became match of the night. And then this was match of the night. And actually I would argue there's one more match that even beats this. So, um, and the main event's not bad as well, to be honest. So uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I, th I always think that's a sign of a decent show. Oh, here she is. Look, look at this. I love this screenshot. This is like a racing car driver that can't find their helmet. That's what this is. Look how glum she is. <laughs> so this is Bailey uh, against Bianca. This is obviously for the Raw Women's Championship. Last woman standing match. And wow, this goes over 20 minutes. It's It's just craziness, to be honest. There's some spots in here that really don't make any sense. Um, it's fun, 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 though. It's fun to the max, but um, it would be remiss of me to not point out some of the things that were a little bit off. For example, there's a bit later where Bianca is on the entrance uh, stage and Bailey comes around the corner in a golf cart and it, it, it looks to be one of the slowest vehicles in the world. Thankfully, Bianca didn't just stand there and wait to get run over. She easily got out of the way. But um, yeah, you kind of look at that going, couldn't you have found a quicker vehicle? <laughs> like if your plan was to run her over, then you probably need a quicker vehicle than the one that you grabbed. So, you know, there was a couple of little moments like that, but there were some great moments as well. So this was uh, Bailey making her way down. Damage control in the sky using those drones. I don't even think damage control got this. I know Bailey is damage control. But the other two members of Damage Control, I don't think they got this uh, for their entrance. So uh, this was uh, seemingly exclusive for Bailey and uh, Bianca. I must admit, I was like, oh, would you think they'll do the hair for Bianca? And then I was like, no, 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 there's no way of doing that. They'll do EST. And I was like, yeah, they'll do EST. That's easier to do. And I bet they can look it, make it look really cool. And then lo and behold, they did lips. And they did the hair and it looked amazing. And I still don't know how they did it, to be honest. I still don't know how they made that look as good as what it was. But yeah, the lips with the hair coming off, that was that was amazing. That was amazing. I think out of all of them, this one might have impressed me the most. So uh, yeah, the lips and the hair drones for Bianca was really cool. Brilliant moment. So there's a few moments to tell you about here. So there's one bit where uh, she actually gets Bianca caught between the ring and the ring steps. And then she kind of does a bit of whack-a-mole. So she's got a kendo stick and like Bianca pops up and she goes to wallop her and Bianca goes back down again. Bailey then gets a ladder, puts that over the top. The ladder obviously doesn't really keep Bianca down for very long. She can easily get that out of the way. Uh, I was a bit disappointed that Bailey didn't like keep doing the whack-a-mole thing. I thought that was uh, such a uh, a great idea. Like, you know, every time that Bianca pops up, just oh, go with the kendo stick and try and wallop her back down again. So, yeah, I was really into that idea. She didn't. Bianca came up and she actually kind of went to the midsection and Bianca caught it. And then that kind of helped Bianca get out of that situation. So that was uh, one moment. This was brilliant, though. This was brilliant. So they were fighting on the entrance ramp and Bailey just kind of stumbled to the side and she really seemed to go over on her ankle, on her knee. She went down. Referee told her to get back. 
Bailey selling this like a dream. Did a fantastic job. Uh, Bianca wasn't seemingly that concerned. She wasn't really buying it. But when she did get over and she had her guard down a little bit, Bailey just launched herself at Bianca. Properly played possum here. It was a great moment. We had chair spots, uh, table spots. There was kendo sticks. They were fighting on the entranceway. They were fighting on the entrance stage. Um, there was this bit on the entrance stage where Bailey actually got Bianca inside like a travel chest, a tr you know, one of those trunks that they use to transport different things. Uh, she actually got her inside and I was screaming during the watch along, lock it. There's like locks on the side. If she locks it, Bianca cannot stand up because Bianca will not be able to get out. So like, I feel like Bailey did the hard work of getting Bianca into one of these chest trunk things. And all she had to do is go over and get one, even one of the locks, uh, even just one of the locks, that would have done it. And she didn't. She just seemingly waited. And of course, Bianca popped out. So I found myself getting frustrated at that. Like, Bailey should be smarter than that to not, you know, put the lock on and just think, oh, that'll do. And clearly it, it didn't do. And uh, Bianca popped out of it. Um, Bailey, as we said, went off to get the slowest vehicle in the world, seemingly to try and run over Bianca. Bianca was able to step out of the way and uh, I think go shopping, uh, meet up with friends, maybe go and watch a film. Uh, then she was able to come back uh, before the vehicle had even got there. But uh, basically, she grabs hold of Bailey. They're fighting. They're fighting on the roof. The roof looks like it's about to buckle. There was just a lot here that was fun. She then drove uh, Bailey back down to the ring. Um, and I think chucked her onto a table. The table didn't break. Bailey, like, bounced off the table. Um, people are like, oh, man, table didn't break. That's pretty moody. Um, but it was just, it was just fun. It was just like, oh, you couldn't take your eyes off it. What are they going to do next? Uh, it was really, really fun stuff. And the finish, so creative. So there was a ladder that was open in the ring. And basically, uh, Bianca managed to get Bailey inside the ladder where the, the ladder kind of join is. And then she closed it on top of Bailey and pushed it underneath the turnbuckle, the bottom turnbuckle. That meant that Bailey was trapped because she was trying to push the ladder up and the ladder wouldn't go up. It was getting caught on the bottom ropes. It was getting caught on the bottom turnbuckle. What she would need to do is somehow try and get the ladder away from the corner. But of course, the referee is counting all the time and she wasn't able to do it. It was pretty wedged in quite tight. And that was it. She lost. It was such a creative way to lose a last person standing match. Uh, it's great. It was great. And this became my favorite match of the night. Even though I do concede, there are some moments here that are just silly. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. I could have done with, I think you could have cut out like a good, maybe even five minutes of things that were a bit silly, a bit OTT. But in all fairness, this is what that match was. This match was OTT. This was two women going over the top. And um, the result was people just seem to love it in the chat. Lots of praise for this one. So for me, I think this is my favorite uh, match. 
I think they did a, a really good job with it. Then we got the Bray segment. Uh, we're not going to dwell too long on the Bray segment, to be honest, because we've already done like a separate video on it on the main channel. Um, but again, really great drones in the sky of his logo. Uh, he would make his way down to the ring. And when he was in the ring, he was talking about his wrestling family, which was really interesting. He also spoke about the monster that he had to create in order to be great and how that monster had destroyed him. And again, we kind of dig into what he's talking about. Feels like he's probably talking about The Fiend, but we do go a little bit deeper into the theory video, uh, kind of really explore that a little bit more. Um, and then he gets interrupted, basically. So Bray finishes by saying that he's going to rewrite the ending of his story because obviously it looked like his story had already been written, but now he's found his way back to WWE. He wants to rewrite the ending of his story, and then he gets interrupted. Uh, he's interrupted by Uncle Howdy. Uh, obviously, lots of images again. Uh, I looked at the images. The images look like things we've seen before. Uncle Howdy was basically saying, you know, why wear a mask? It must be so hard to uh, force yourself to be something that you're not. And basically was um, saying that, you know, you're going to crack eventually. So why wait? And um, he said, if you're worried about the aftermath, just don't take the mask off. Tell me I'm wrong. And so there's a lot to unpack here. I think the general feeling was that it left people wanting more. I think that this is a premium live event. I think this segment sort of felt like something you would get on SmackDown. And I think that people were hoping for maybe a reveal as to who uh, Uncle Howdy is. Or maybe they were hoping for just a bit more of a tease of a new character. Um, or maybe like get introduced to someone we've not seen before uh, or something along those lines. They just didn't really feel like there was premium live event uh, content here. This felt like SmackDown content. So we've done a video on it. Um, I think there's definitely things to talk about and get our teeth into. But um, yeah, if you didn't see it, I would say check it out but I don't think you missed anything massive. It feels like the conversation is more around the Nikki moment earlier in the show uh, than really around the Bray segment itself. But there is still some really interesting stuff that was touched upon. Then we got to our main event. And again, you know, uh, in the sky, we got the drones and the drones made the shape of Roman and Logan face-to-face. -face. That was really cool. Drones killed it tonight. Drones might have been the MVP. Drones and the crowd might have been the MVPs of tonight's show. Um, we saw Logan descending down um, on a platform that had gold and green. And so uh, he was, like, descending his way down as he was uh, heading towards the ring. Um, and I mean, look, what I would say about this match is I was not a big fan of Logan being in this position. I think to be in this position after your third match is pretty crazy. Um, I think that they did it so they could get Logan fans. I think that's pretty much undeniable. 
right? They did it because he's got 30 million social media followers. They didn't do it because he's the most deserving. They didn't do it because he is the best. They did it because he is one of the most popular uh, on social media. And he's obviously got a massive podcast. So, I mean, look, we know why this happened. But what we have to say is that he did a great job. He was very athletic. Um, I think he definitely delivered on his end of the bargain. And I think it's kind of a, a, a win for him in a way. He doesn't win the match. But I think that his fans will always be proud of him, of course. So his fans are going to stand with him and be proud of what he achieved. And I've seen enough hardcore wrestling fans go in, do you know what? Fair play. Credit to the guy. He did a great job. Like, you know, he went in there. He did what he needed to do. He put on a great main event. Had a great time watching it. Really some great moments as well. I mean, there is a moment that's gone viral where he does, I think it's a crossbody from the ring post to the commentary table and he records it with a with his phone. And that footage, you can actually watch him doing the crossbody and coming crashing down onto, onto Roman. It is really cool. It's really cool footage. It looks great. And that's doing the rounds on social media right now. So, you know, there was little things like that in there. Um, this as well. I mean, like this, he just jumps up, does like the splits in the air. I mean, it was amazing. I think we did see him do this at WrestleMania, but it doesn't make it any less impressive. And uh, some of the springboards, like the heights that he was getting, he was getting mad air. He was really up. There's some great images. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I don't agree with him being in this position. My opinion has not changed, but all I can say is he was in this position and he held up his end of the bargain. Like he put on like a very impressive performance with athleticism. And uh, as I said, I think he delivered his end of the bargain. Um, so in regards to the match, we got Jake coming down because the Usos came down. They started beating up the two guys that Logan does his podcast with. Usos were doing that. Uh, that meant Jake came down. Jake did knock down. I don't know if he knocked out, but he did knock down both of the Usos. That hurt a little bit. They are on track to be the longest reigning tag champs in SmackDown history. It definitely hurt seeing them both get knocked down by Jake Paul. Um, and then that brought down Solo Sokoa. I was praying he was not going to knock out Solo Sokoa. I was praying that he wouldn't do that. Thankfully, a load of officials came down and prevented uh, that from happening. Whilst all of this was going on, because there was a lot of moving parts, of course, Logan was distracted. Superman punch meant that uh, Logan went down and uh, one, two, three, Roman picked up the victory. What I would say is that uh, Logan got a few close falls himself. He did land that one lucky punch. He landed it a couple of times, actually. Uh, Roman at one point got hit with it. He was on wobbly legs, got hit with it again. He goes down and it is one, two. It's just a whisker away from Logan Paul being the new undisputed champion, which would have been pretty wild. Would have been interested to have seen the reactions to that. But um, yeah, it is Roman that picks up the win. And Roman, man, he was pumped after this. He'd, he'd been in a war and he knew it. You know, he was proper screaming at the ring as uh, the bloodline were going up. I think they knew 
that this was a close one. And, um, you know, he was just looking at the belts, even looked a bit emotional, actually, Roman at the end. But uh, he got the job done. And uh, back in the ring, look, you can see the disappointment on the face of Logan uh, and Jake in the background, of course. As I said, though, I think it's probably the biggest win that Logan could have expected. I mean, obviously, he would have wanted to have won the belts, but he would have been dragged pretty hard by the wrestling fans if he had. And so I think for him to put in a performance that he put in and to be as athletic and as impressive as what he was, um, but for Roman to walk out with the belts, I think you're... You've still got your fans on your side. You're going to gain respect from wrestling fans. I think this is as big of a win as he could have got, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, good. Uh, for me, I don't think it. I don't think it beats Bailey and Bianca. I had more fun with Bailey and Bianca, but uh, this is still absolutely in the conversation. I mean, normally most Roman matches are, um, and so yeah, I'd say this is still in the conversation for uh, match of the night, but. If I was to vote, I would go with Bianca Bailey. Uh, I thought the Usos match was really good as well. I thought this was really good as well. This would be probably in my top three. Uh, don't know if it'd be second or third, but mm, might just get to second, you know. Might just get to second. It was really good. So overall, I would give this show, I would give this show probably a 7.75, probably around that ballpark. There wasn't loads of, like, OMG moments. I feel like the Bray segment left me not disappointed, but just wanting more, you know? Like, I felt what I got was a SmackDown segment, not a premium live event segment. Um, I thought a lot of the matches were solids. And as I said, you know, if you've got matches going, oh, that's match of the night, and then the next one, oh, no, that's match of the night, that's a good indication that this has been a solid show. So for me, I thought it was solid and it was just, you know, constantly building. The score was constantly going up. Main event absolutely did not disappoint more than delivered. Um, Bianca Bailey, I thought was a lot of fun. I, I feel like 775 is a very fair score. Um, you know, there was no major return. There was no big reveal. Uh, I think if we'd have got some along those lines, that's when I'm going into the eight territory. So... Yeah, that's my feelings on Crown Jewel. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously, we're going to be back with Raw on Monday. So uh, make sure that you join us for that. And we'll have the review after for that as well. Uh, obviously, no Bray on Raw, but plenty for us to get our teeth into following Crown Jewel. But uh, yeah, let me know your score for Crown Jewel down in the comments below. Really appreciate uh, you checking out this review. I hope you enjoyed it. And as I said, I will see you on Monday. I may even see you at some point on Sunday. I honestly don't know. Uh, but uh, Monday, definitely for Raw. And uh, yeah, as I say, hope you enjoyed it. Appreciate you joining us. And I will see you again next time. Bye for now.